held at a Trump re-election rally chanted, Send her back, in reference to four congresswomen President Trump has made racist remarks about in the last week. FSN's Kevin McAleese has this from Washington. Chants of send her back rang out at Donald Trump's campaign rally in North Carolina as the US president referred to Somalia-born US citizen Ilhan Omar. The calls reflected the racist language Trump used in an earlier attack on four minority U.S. lawmakers when he said they should go back to their own countries. The other three Trump targets, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Rashida Tlaib and Ayanna Presley, were all born in the United States. Ilhan Omar, who arrived in the U.S. as a refugee, responded to the chants on Twitter saying, I am where I belong. Trump has called the four Democrats hate-filled extremists as he builds his attacks on the more progressive liberal wing of the Democratic Party. An arsonist has killed at least 33 people in an attack on a Japanese anime studio. The 41-year-old suspect set fire to the building in Kyoto while people were at work by spraying petrol inside and igniting it. UK lawmakers have voted in favour of an attempt to stop Parliament being suspended to force through a so-called no-deal Brexit. Eversend's Ollie Barrett reports from London. The amendment voted for by MPs seeks to block the suspension of Parliament between October and December unless a new government's formed in Northern Ireland. It's been put forward because many MPs are worried about a rare prorogation of Parliament. Boris Johnson has been refusing to rule out such a suspension of Parliament as a way of ensuring Brexit on October the 31st if no deal's been reached with Brussels. Mr Johnson says Britain must leave the EU on that date, even in a no-deal scenario. But Many MPs believe that would be damaging for the UK economy. Former Mayor of London Boris Johnson is expected to be named the new Conservative Party leader and Prime Minister next week. Online streaming giant Netflix says it plans to launch a lower price subscription plan in India in a bid to grow its user base. This at a time when the company lost over 120,000 paid subscribers in the United States during the second quarter. Eversense Nihar Punia reports from New Delhi. The new Netflix plan will be introduced in the ongoing quarter, but its final pricing remains unconfirmed for now. Earlier, the company had confirmed it was testing a $4 monthly subscription plan for mobile devices in India. The company currently offers three monthly plans here, between $7 and $11, and it's facing stiff competition from Hotstar and Amazon Prime Videos in India. Both charge significantly less than Netflix does. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone who... Had to be independent and take initiative. And that's how I handle every project I get. Discover new ways to develop great talent at gradsoflife.org. Brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance. Say hi, guys. When I adopted them, I discovered that they both have incredible personalities. Chance's sole purpose in life is to love and to be loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. They're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. I'm a little teapot, short and stout.
Here is my handle and here is my spell. No, Dad, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip me over and pour me out. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Okay, kids, dad's gonna teach you how to dance. First, spread your feet apart. Then, pump your knee, nod your head, shake your hips, and bite your lip ever so slightly. Now, with one hand in the air, point at people with the other hand. I call that the rock star. Dance like a dad. It's a great way to make a moment with your kids. Now, make a face like it just smells something bad. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible-reading, gun-toting, Air Force veteran, wife and mom, righteously American. <laughs> Every time I hear the new intro, I get a little pumped up about that thing. It's kind of awesome, right? Um, so, yeah, welcome to the program. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, thanks for sharing the show. Thanks for spending some time just chilling with us here on the Stacy on the Right Show digital arena that we have set up for you. Uh, You can actually live stream the show. If you ever have latency on Facebook or YouTube, you can just head straight over if you're watching live and hit us up at StacyOnTheRight.com. It seems to be the only place where you can watch with no issues. Um, And that's, that's kind of funny for me to say because... Today, I even had a little trouble getting YouTube to initialize when I was setting up to start the stream, but we got it going. It's it's up. It's it's working. Uh, so yeah, I'm just heading over to StacyOnTheRight.com just to see if there's anybody in the chat room and to say hello. Um, and then today on the program, we are actually going to be doing just, we're going to run straight down all of the news. The Facebook app, it's called FaceApp. It's actually a data collection tool, shock, surprise. They give you a picture of yourself when you're old. And in exchange for that, they get to access every picture on your device and they get to save them and use them for whatever purpose they want later, including your name. So your name and your likeness and every image on your phone, which is kind of interesting because if you're anything like me, you have images of other people on your phone, right? Other people in your life are on your phone. So they have also lost their privacy because of this weird new thing that we're doing. Uh, So we'll talk about that. Um, We're going to have some audio from Dr. Robert Epstein coming into the next segment. And he's really fascinating. He testified on Capitol Hill today about Google and they're they're just... it's hard to describe exactly what they're doing, except that it's a command and control structure where they intend to control our elections from here on out going forward. And he was actually on the Stacy on the Right show. I was watching him and, and some testimony and I said, wait, I know this guy. He was on the show. So he's not a Democrat or a Republican, although he says he voted for Hillary Clinton in the last election. But he comes at this from the, the perspective of someone who doesn't want to see our elections damaged. He wants to see 
our fair and equal processes continue forward and let the people be the arbiters and deciders, to use George Bush's term, of who gets elected. Um, and then also, we're going to talk about Netflix. Their numbers are down. Mm. I'm not going to get gloaty or anything, but... Mm. And then, have you ever seen a metal... It's a metal circle, and it's in the ground. And when you see it, you're, you're, you're walking on the sidewalk maybe and you see it. Or you're driving down the street and you drive over it. And you might know this strange artifice to be a manhole cover. You may have called it that yourself many times before. So you may be shocked to find out that in Berkeley, California, uh, at least in their documents relating to the city, their municipal documents will no longer use gendered terminology for anything that's a name or, or a descriptor of anything. We'll talk about that. And uh, we'll close out the show with teens, uh, some more information on teens and social media. And you guys know I'm not against teens using social media. I'm also not against, um, I'm not against anybody using it. I use it. Our family, uh, you know, partakes in the social media but there has to be some control from the parents. And so I'll talk to you a little bit about, we, we actually began using something interesting recently, and I'll kind of give you a little review of it. It's the circle. Um, it's just called circle, and it's a little white box. It's actually kind of cute looking. It does, it, it does not take away from your decor if you're the kind of person who doesn't want ugly stuff sitting around. It's a cute little cube. And so far, it's been pretty helpful, but we'll, we'll unpack that as well. Right now, I want to talk about this viral Facebook app. So first off, full disclosure, one of my friends sent me a picture of himself as he looks now and then as an old person. And I was like, wow, you know, wow, that looks interesting. Like he, how did he do that? But I wasn't even slightly tempted to utilize it myself. And the reason is because we've seen this before. And I was one of those people back when, remember when they used to have the surveys every day, your, uh, Every, every, every day you'd log on to Facebook and there would be a, you know, uh, what, what, what do I want to say? Like a, like a survey or um, there would be games like test your vocabulary. And so you go through the thing and it, and it gets progressively harder and you're supposed to choose the definition of the word or choose the word that matches the definition. And so I used to do those. And then a few years ago, it came out that all of those were data mining things. They were basically mining you as a user to find out what your educational level was or what your IQ was. It wasn't that you were finding it out for yourself. It was that they were actually using it to manipulate you. And they would actually take the data that they collected from you taking the surveys and they would then plug that in in other areas and create another user survey that they would gear towards you. It would appear in your timeline. You would take it and they could learn more and more about you. Things like uh, what kind of childhood you had, where you lived when you were a child, things that you might not actually have on your Facebook page things about you that you might consider to be pretty personal and personally identifying information. They were gathering it that way. So I, when I read the article, I was like, well, no more surveys for me. Like the ones that say, what will your child look like? And then you give it access to your phone's camera or your phone's uh, images, like where you keep your picture stored in your phone. And what it does is you think it's taking the picture that you select, but it's taking all of them. So I just stopped using them. So when this came about, I, I remember thinking to myself, hmm, interesting that everyone's kind of jumping on board here. Um, I wonder what this is going to end up being. You know, I wonder what this is going to end up like. Turn And it hasn't even been out a week. 
And here it is. Now we're finding out it's from the Russians. So first off, for people who are really concerned that President Trump is a puppet of the Russians, if you use this app, you are too. You're a puppet as well. How do you feel? Uh, and I'm speaking mostly to those libs who email me after the show and say, you support Donald Trump and you're a racist. Yeah, well, now you're a puppet of Putin's if you use this app. Sorry that you are. So it's the app is called FaceApp and it has gone viral. I, I follow Will Smith on Instagram and he used it. He was one of the first people to use it. But here's the problem. Um, remember Cambridge Analytica and all the damage they did to the reputation of Facebook? Well, this is even worse than that. Um, 100 million people have downloaded the app from Google Play. 100 million people. So first of all, somebody just made a lot of money. It is now ranked the top ranked app in iOS app store in 121 countries. And this is according to data compiled by App Annie. The name of it is FaceApp. So F-A-C-E capital A-P-P, like Facebook Face App. Now, according to FaceApp's terms of service, you still own your own user content, meaning your face. You still own that, according to the app, once you downloaded it. But according to them, the company owns a never-ending and irrevocable royalty-free license to do anything they want with your face in front of whoever they wish. Here is the relevant paragraph from the app's uh, terms of service. And buckle up if you've never heard one of these read before, because this is going to blow your mind that we just sign on to stuff and we don't even bother to check and see if this is the thing. Like, is this something we're signing on to? It says, quote, from FaceApp's terms of use, you grant FaceApp a perpetual, irrevocable, non-exclusive, royalty-free, worldwide, fully paid, transferable, sub-license license to use, reproduce, modify, adapt, publish, translate, create derivative works from, distribute, publicly perform, and display your user content in any name, username, or likeness provided in connection with your user content and all media formats and channels now known or later developed without compensation to you. That's the part that really gets my goat. Anyway, when you post or otherwise share user content on or through our services, you understand that your user content and any associated information, such as your name, your username, location, or profile photo will be visible to the public. Now, of course, you could, you could hear that, all of that and say, so? <laughs> I mean, that is the reaction of some people. They're like, so what? Who cares if they have it forever? What are they going to do? I'm just Joe America. What are they going to do? All right. It says that may not be dangerous and your likeness may stay on Amazon servers in America as Forbes has determined, but they still own a license to do whatever they want with it. That doesn't mean the app's Russian parent company, Wireless Labs, will offer your face to the FSB, but it does have consequences as Phone Arena's Peter Kostadinov says. Here's his quote. You might end up on a billboard somewhere in Moscow but your face will most likely end up training some artificial intelligence, facial recognition algorithm. So that's the real purpose of them collecting it. We would probably worry, like if you're anything like me, I would be thinking, is there a possibility that somewhere in, you know, some obscure part of uh, like Vladivostok, Russia, 
and there's my picture up there selling, you know, crackers or something. You might think that they have plenty of people over there that look the way they want them to look. They're, they don't have to, you know, take Joe America, you know, or Stacey Washington or somebody like that to sell the, that kind of stuff. That's not what this is for. The real reason they need so many different faces is because there are so many of us and we're each, un- each unique individuals. And artificial intelligence doesn't understand human faces. It has to have multiple hundreds of millions of samples for the artificial intelligence to have a full and complete picture and understanding of what facial expressions mean. What, um, because there's, we're, as humans, we're so nuanced and computers deal in, you know, numbers, um, ones and zeros. So, it doesn't matter if it matters to you or not. It is what it is. If you signed on to the app, that's what you agreed to. Now, what we have also learned in the past few years about viral Facebook apps is that they collect data and sometimes it'll say in the terms of use, if you bother to use it, what they might use that data for. And usually it's for machine learning, artificial intelligence. But it's not always used for what we assume it's used for. And it's not always stored securely and safely and privately. Some of these firms have very lax security procedures with your data. Now, once something is uploaded to the cloud, you've completely lost control over whether or not you've given away a legal license to the content. That is why privacy-sensitive Apple is doing most of its artificial intelligence work on the devices. In other words, they have devices, computers, whatever, servers that they're using, and those servers and those devices are not connected to the cloud. So anything they have on there has to be backed up to something else hard, SD cards, drives, whatever. They're saving their work on hard form because they know if they put it in the cloud and someone hacks into it, it's gone. So if Apple is being that careful with themselves, you know, you have to kind of wonder why are we being so lax with our own personal information? So it's a good reason to be wary when any app wants access and a license to your digital content and your identity. That's, that's the part about it that makes, to me, it's, it's the most frightening. It's your identity that they really want to have control of. So former Rackspace manager Rob Laguesse mentioned today, to make Face app actually work, you have to give it permissions to access all your photos, all of them. It also gains access to Siri and search. It has access to refreshing in the background. So even when you're not using it, it's using you. And I've noticed this over and over again. It's no longer like, uh, you know, an old wives tale or something that people say that's like a tinfoil hat conspiracy. When I speak about buying things around my phone, it gears the ads to what I'm talking about. And our, so our youngest daughter, she and I were watching some television and I recently bought a piece of equipment here at the house. And now Amazon is advertising that equipment to me, even though I didn't buy it on Amazon. I bought it at Best Buy. <laughs> what did they do? I shopped on Amazon. I price compared it. And so they advertise it to me now all the time. I'm thinking to myself, so they think I looked, but I didn't make a choice, but I did. So they're not aware that I bought it because I did it off device. So the app doesn't actually have to be doing anything nefarious today to make you cautious about giving that much app or, or that much access, I, I should say that much access. But I, the thing that I want for all of us to do is when we see these viral apps coming out, it's something that can do something cool and it involves your photographs. If you plan on using it, because I'm, I'm not saying you can't use any of this stuff. Obviously, people are going to make their own choices, but we have to be aware. We have to have our eyes wide open and be aware that if the app is free, the thing that they're trading us for the free use of their app 
is going to be something personal to us. And in this case, it's not one of your pictures, it's all of them. So think about how many pictures you have stored on your phone. Well, now the Russians have them if you used FaceApp. All right, when we get back, we're going to hear Dr. Epstein coming in from the break talking about Google, some more tech information. Stacey Washington, stay right there. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, and, of course, companionship. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance will come in with this group. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go fish that. Oh, come on. (laughs) This is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Some knowledge belongs to us and us alone. The way our girlfriends walk, talk, touch their hair. Details that only a sister can know about her girls. But what about our other girls? The ones we carry with us every day. Our bond with our sister girls gives life. But knowing your breasts can save it. Go to knowyourgirls.org for the facts you need on breast health. Brought to you by Susan G. Coleman and the Ad Council. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. (laughs) So take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. This is how we do every day. If you love them enough to turn off your music and pretend like their music is your music. Ah, this is mommy's jam. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right. Through their deceptive search methods, they moved 2.6 million votes in her direction. I would think anybody, whether or not you favor one candidate or another, 
should be deeply dismayed about a handful of Silicon Valley billionaires having that much power over our elections to silently and deceptively shift vote outcomes. Again, with respect, I must correct you. The 2.6 million is a rock bottom minimum. Mm. The range is between 2.6 and 10.4 million, depending on how aggressively they used the techniques that I've been studying now for six and a half years. Wow. Could, could you just say that again, please? Just The 2.6 million is a rock bottom minimum. The range is between 2.6 and 10.4 million votes, depending on how aggressive they were in using the techniques that I've been studying, such as the search engine manipulation effect, the search suggestion effect, uh, the answer bot effect, and a number of others. They control these, and no one can counteract them. These are not competitive these are tools that they have at their disposal exclusively. Welcome to the program. I, so first of all, Stacey Washington, host of Stacey on the Right, our digital platform, which is live and direct to you. We still have terrestrial radio affiliates, and we're so glad to still be on the air. Um, and I'm just giving all the glory to God for the ability to be here with you today. It has taken a Herculean effort, and I've learned so much, and I'm so glad to be here. Thanks to everyone who's supporting on Patreon, on paypal.com, or paypal.me slash Stacey on the Right, um, and, and other, in other ways. Thank you so much for that. So you were just listening to Dr. Jeffrey Epstein, and he was talking about this. It's kind of like you... There's, there, it's a difficult thing to try to figure out, like, what what are we listening to here? What are we seeing here? What what exactly is happening? And I just want to point out, Facebook, we sometimes we spend all of our time talking about that, but it's really the Alphabet Corporation and Google, who they have so much more power than Facebook. And they're all on the left. And as he said, there's no competition. So they were able to manipulate search results weed out conservative results. So if, if you were in one of the areas that they were wanting to flip and turn into a Democratic area, especially a heavily Republican area, they specifically targeted suburban women and their search patterns. Now, they know where the suburban women, who they are, where they live, their IP addresses. If they were searching for information on illegal immigration or any, any one of the president's signature issues, Google would show them the results from the left. So if, if you're searching and searching and searching for answers and all the answers that you see are coming from the left, you don't see any Heritage Foundation links coming up or Daily Signal or Daily Wire, The Blaze, you know, you don't see anything coming up. What are you going to do? Well, you're going to read what does come up and you're going to come away from it thinking, well, if people on the right aren't talking about this and people on the left are, the people on the right are uninformed or they're disconnected and you're going to kind of believe what you've read there. Now, I obviously, so many of us who we really pay attention to politics, we've been around for so long, we know, you know what, if, if I type something in and I don't get the answer I want, then I just, I actually have a list that I printed one up myself of websites that I should visit on the regular basis. I don't go to every single one of them every day, but they're like, you know, because you know how it is, if you don't have an RSS feed going or something like that, you can forget to go to a website for two or three weeks or a month. And, uh, or two years. No joke. So what I did was I just went to a Word doc and I typed up all the websites. 
And then a friend sent over, uh, he was like, this is like a center right list of great websites to visit that I think everyone should have. And I was like, wow, I don't know why he's doing this at the same time I'm doing it, but I'll take it. So I took his list, added mine onto it, and then I printed it out and taped it to the front of a little piece of, it's it's a little piece of equipment that's on this desk. I don't know if it's a router. I don't know what that thing is, but it has to be on and plugged in and it has to be on the desk. And so I taped it to the front of that. So when I'm, when I'm looking at something, when I'm reading stories, when I'm typing stuff in, I'm, I'm saying, oh, I don't actually know the answer to that. Then I just glanced down the list. I'm like, oh, okay. Breitbart, Daily Signal, Fox News, Issues and Insights. Oh, okay. National Interest. Now, some of the websites on that list that, that, my friend shared um, there when I go to them, I don't always find something that I'm like, wow, I, you know, and sometimes the writing isn't in the style that I'm interested in, but at least I have access to those and I don't have to rely on Bing or Google to be my only source for getting the information that I need. And so I just recommend that to you. I really do. I, we all have to make our choices, but it's hard to make a good choice if you're uninformed and we're supposed to take wise counsel. We are not supposed to just have only one thing that we listen to or read. We're supposed to try everything against the word of God and say, hey, you know, God's word says this. This website that I respect or this radio host that I respect says this. And then, of course, you're, you're going to come down on the side of God's word. That's where you're going to come down on. And then you're also going to say, so it sounds great. Like on the issue of illegal immigration, I keep seeing people posting on Facebook don't say mean things about refugees or illegal immigrants. Well, who's saying mean things? Um, and I'll just say this one other thing. Since, since we're on the subject. So this morning I got a call from, um, sometimes I go on TV in Canada. I will Skype in or sometimes I'll, they'll, they'll ask me to remote in from a studio. That's, that's pretty rare. Usually I use Skype. Um, and I've, that's how I've been on television in Great Britain as well. They had me go down to uh, Channel 5 here and... I just sat in front of a camera and there was nothing in between me and the newsroom. So there are all these reporters sitting at their desks typing away. And there I am on television in Great Britain. It was it was like really surreal. Um, it's also the place where I actually did the I'm Just Saying segments years ago that I got an Emmy nomination for. So it was like going back into the building again. I'm like, woohoo. And then I thought, oh my goodness, I'm in the newsroom. Like I'm just over from the, the set that is on television every morning and every night. So anyway, they were asking me questions about Ilhan Omar and the fact that North Carolinians were chanting send her back last night at the rally with President Trump, which he has since kind of distanced himself from that chanting. And, you know, for reasons that are known only to the president and, you know, what he's getting back from people who work for him who are in comms, that's the choice that he's made. But I choose to take a different tack about it. And and I think it's appropriate to discuss it here. Um, so let's 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 have a few let's let's have a few very real moments here. And if you're easily triggered, you're going to be pretty upset when I get done with this because I'm you're going to get triggered. But first of all, Ilhan Omar has never once sat down and thought about what Americans feel about her comments about America as a nation being a country that rapes and pillages abroad. Um, and and it might be her or it might be Rashida Tlaib who said that. But in, in any case. She is the one who came here as a refugee as a little girl from Somalia, which is a pit. Okay, so the people of Somalia, God bless them. They deserve better. But their country is a poorly run pit. And so any person of Somalian extraction who gets to come to America and live has to be, in my opinion, thanking their lucky stars to be here. 
Now, I'm just like every other American. There are times where I look at the news, I'm like, come on, America. And usually it's because the government's doing something. Some person in government or some group of people in government is doing something and I'm ticked off because I know I'm paying for it. I'm helping to pay for it and I'm against it. So it doesn't mean you always love what your country does, but your overarching feeling towards a country that would reach out and let you come in, you're coming from abroad and you have no right to be here. And that I think that's the thing that really gets foreigners. When I say to a foreigner, no foreigner has a right to be an American, they get, they, they get, they get ticked off. Oh, well, what do you mean? I mean, you don't have a right to be here. You can be here. We are very free and open in our country. We let anybody come up in here. You, all you have to do is get you a visa or a valid passport and you can fly on in this sucker. Just come on in. Get in here. You can overstay your visa. You can work here without authorization. I mean, you can do a whole bunch of stuff. America is a free for all. But if you're going to obtain citizenship, you're going to come here as a child, as a refugee, get citizenship and never have to be forced to go back to your own home country where you belong. That's where you belong. Okay, so it's not about me saying you can't be an American. But when you start saying things about some people did something, 9-11, the worst terror attack we've ever experienced on our soil, or you have this attitude that, um, you know, we need to divest ourselves from uh, doing any business with the nation state of Israel, one of our closest allies, and you, you, you fix your mouth to say really negative things about not just Israel, the nation state. You may disagree with things that they do, but it's the thing she says about Jewish people. The Jewish people are all about the Benjamins. In other words, they run our country because they have money or that they have hypnotized the world. That's some of the worst Jewish that those are Jewish tropes and their slurs against Jewish people. Those are the kinds of things that were used that propelled the actions of the Nazis. So with one side of her mouth, she says we have concentration camps on the southern border which completely obliterates the idea that what happened to the Jewish people and so many other millions of people under Hitler and the Third Reich, that those things were horrible, dastardly, never to be repeated atrocities and genocide. But then she says, with the other side of her little mouth, she says, well, you know, Jewish people control the world. Well, if Jewish people have hypnotized the world and control the world, why did they suffer so much in the Holocaust? Why they lose six million of their people? If they were in control and hypnotizing the world, why, why didn't things crack out better for them during the Holocaust? Oh, I know this, this gets uncomfortable, doesn't it? It's no, it's no fair for me to use facts and logic to ask questions about the things that she said. And the other thing is, I'm going to say this on both sides of this issue. It is Ilhan Omar's constitutionally protected right to say under the First Amendment to say whatever she wants to say, even as an elected official. It is also the people of North Carolina's right to sit up and chant, send her back. Now, here's the other question that keeps coming up, and it was asked of me today. Is it President Trump's responsibility? Is it his fault because he sent out tweets that those North Carolinians were chanting, send her back? Well, how do we know every one of the 20,000 people who were in the arena last night saw his tweets? How do we know that they felt motivated by those tweets if they saw them to chant, send her back? We don't know that. And why aren't we holding her responsible for saying some people said something? Some people did something. That's what she calls 9-11. Why don't we hold her responsible for the other horrible things that she said? So, again, double standard on steroids. We hold 
any person who's on the right responsible, even a group of Americans, 20,000 strong, who decided in a moment during an event in which they, you know, it's kind of like, I'm not going to say mob mentality, but it's a group. It's an, an emotional state shared by a group when people are together and they're excited about something and then one person starts chanting something and everyone picks it up. It doesn't necessarily reflect the individual attitudes of every person in that space. A lot of people were chanting it, but it doesn't mean everyone there agreed with it. The other point I want to make is that Ilhan Omar, as a refugee, it's my understanding that she's like any other immigrant, which means she is a citizen of our country until she commits a crime. Why do I bring that up? Because according to news reports out of unbiased, almost lefty news sites, she married her brother while she was still married to her husband. She married her husband and both of them are named Ahmed. And while she was married to him, she had a child or two. And then she separated from him and married her brother. He came into the country and then they stayed married to each other for a couple of years. And then she went back and began to live with her husband, who I don't believe she was in love with her husband or with with her brother. I believe she did it to get him into the country under our immigration laws. And then they had some more children together because they have three kids, three daughters. During that time, she filed taxes uh, under both of these entities. So she has tax issues. And that's how they caught the story to begin with, because she also paid herself um, out of her campaign funds when she was running for Congress. And so, you know, it's like campaign finance laws were broken and possibly some IRS tax issues. Not not to say that she broke IRS tax law or if she did, that that's a felony. I don't know what the ramifications of that are. But the point is, if she committed any felonies in the course of doing all of these things, marrying more than one person, etc., that would put her lawful status in this country in jeopardy. Because immigrants, once they commit a felony, are subject to deportation back to their country of origin. So this is not an issue of a bunch of wildly mobbed out people saying something about her that isn't actually appropriate. And that's the thing that gets lost. Everybody is so worked up about they're emotionally charged and triggered because somebody said a woman with dark skin should go back to her home country. Well, first of all, Ilhan Omar isn't black. I'm black. I'm descended from slaves. I've been my, our family has been in this country for generations. Our family has been, uh, you know, a, a part of the American experience for all of that time. Ilhan Omar is a Somalian American. She comes here from another country and she came as a refugee. She is an immigrant and that's good for her. No offense. I got nothing against this chick. But if she broke the law, she's subject to deportation. I am not. If an American citizen breaks the law, I don't care what status of tan you have. You're not subject to deportation because you were born on American soil to one of your parents was an American. Notice I said that for all y'all immigration folks. Your anchor babies are not American citizens if both of their parents are citizens of another country. That's a whole nother thing. Check Ann Coulter's book. She's written about it extensively. Don't blame the messenger. It's the truth. We're misapplying the law. Boom, boom, boom. You're triggered. Good for you. So this whole thing is rooted in the in the knowledge, the realization for a bunch of liberals that they could have actually elected someone to Congress who is going to be subject to deportation because she married more than one person in America, which is still a crime. Now, is she going to be deported? I doubt it. 
oh my goodness, there's probably no way, even if she was convicted of something, which she won't be because she's an elite now. She's a member of the Democratic elite, which means she'll get away with just as many crimes as Hillary Clinton if she can, if she wants to. But that doesn't change the fact that what she is being subjected to is a direct reaction to her statements about our men and women who have gone abroad, especially to the Middle East. She refused to denounce uh, Al-Qaeda. And we've have our soldiers have gone over there and left their limbs in the sand. They've come back maimed and with PTSD. And she says they're rapers and pillagers. She speaks against us and our own. And that's why Americans want her sent out of here. Not because she has dark skin. Don't get it twisted. We'll be right back. Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. First, I hold my hands out like they're on a steering wheel. Then I look over my shoulder. One, okay, cool guy. Two, three times. Next, oh, I put it in reverse. Meep, meep, meep. Then I take it up and down, up, up, and down. And that, kiddos, is called the forklift. Dance like a dad. It's a great way to make a moment with your kids. Now that's dancing. Sure beats flossing. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Hey, everybody. Rachel Ray here. Nothing brings a bigger smile to my face than cooking up a big meal for the whole family and lots of friends. But there's not enough room at my table for the 17 million kids in our country who struggle with hunger. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks collects surplus food to give hope to hungry kids. But they can't do it without your help. Support Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Melissa from Michigan. I work an extra part-time job serving lunch at my child's school, but I still can't afford to put food on our table. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Welcome back. 
to Stacy on the Right. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you so much to uh, everyone who's kind of responding and kind of getting in on this thing. It's it's important that we deal in the facts, right? Um, so it, I find it hard when, and when I'm listening to someone who's arguing the opposing view, something that I don't agree with, I find it hard to get angry at them if they argue it from a position of, look, here are the facts about this issue. It doesn't mean I'm going to change my mind on it, but I am much more likely to hear them to completion and to understand what they're saying in their perspective and to kind of incorporate that perspective into my viewpoint as an understanding that I may be here, right? And this person is over here, but the reason they're over here has been explained to me. And so therefore, I I understand their perspective, which means we can continue to dialogue and have a conversation. And I can even, you know, I can concede some points at, at, at that juncture. And you know, I do, I get to ranting and raving and, and, you know, it's always interesting and fun on the show. We, you know, we get a little worked up and we, we are passionate about issues, of course. But there's something about this Ilhan Omar story that just cuts so deeply, not just with me. I, I found myself being very, very um, agitated about it. And I, I know some of it comes from, you know, I'm a wife and a mom. And so whenever you see someone, whether it's a family member or a child or a spouse or even a friend who behaves in an ungrateful manner, it kind of cuts. It, it cuts it cuts sometimes deeply because you think of the sacrifices that have been made. But when it comes to just overall, you know, hey, you're not welcoming the experience. You're not partaking of this privilege of being an American. I I think about it from a number of different perspectives. I think of the other refugees around the world, and we've taken more refugees than any other country. I think of those refugees, and I think to myself, hmm, I wonder which of them, if given the opportunity, would trade places with Ilhan Omar and just appreciate being an American. Now, she says she loves this country. I don't see how she could possibly truly love being here. What she loves is the power that she now has as a member of Congress. She loves having a camera stuck in her face. And she loves flaunting the fact that she is not a traditional American. Yeah, I said it. She's not like me. And that, that's the part where you get to a place where you don't understand somebody. And I can understand anyone. I have understood many different kinds of people who have been utterly different than myself. And I've not only understood them, I have appreciated them because I, I can do that. I'm not limited in my ability to commiserate or understand other people. But with her, her attitude is such that she doesn't appreciate the sacrifices that have been made so that she can hold the views that she holds. So she's welcome to hold the views, but how about appreciating what has been given up? What has been given up for her to be that person who says 9-11 was some people did something? Her rights are more important than the people who died on 9-11. Remember, these were innocent people. They, weren't, they were not enemy combatants. They weren't our soldiers. They had not signed or given away their right to you know, preserve their own lives and, and not have to give them up for this country. The people who were killed on 9-11 were just going about their day, as she has done so many times in this country. But she can't say, I denounce Al-Qaeda. She won't say it because she knows it drives a wedge 
against people that she doesn't like in this country. She has a lot of animus towards white Americans and people on the right side of the political spectrum. That's why she says the things she says. She's a, she, she considers herself to be a firebrand. And so a lot of it is intentional poking that goes on. And, and, you know, I've been there. Who hasn't been there where you know somebody doesn't like something or they like it and you poke them? It's human nature to kind of be like, I don't like that. And then, because you, you, you could care less one way or the other, but you don't like it because they like it and they've annoyed you, they've done something to you. And that's the way she feels about white Americans. But she doesn't feel that way about white Americans who are over in the Middle East right now, sacrificing themselves to make sure that we stay safe and we don't have terrorism in America. She doesn't feel that way about our armed service members right now who are serving on the southern border trying to stem the tide of illegal immigration. She doesn't feel that way about people who are sacrificing them, themselves for her. And so be, when that becomes evident, most people's reaction is, well, you can just get out of here. You can see it happen. If you go into a restaurant, and you start complaining a whole bunch. You can see the wait staff start looking at you like, we just need to get this person out of here. Your meal is comped. It's OK. Take the food with you. They just want you to get out. And that's what you saw at that rally. It, the reaction that those people were having was, so she's still talking? She should leave. Only instead of them saying she should leave, they said, send her back. Do you think any one of those people in that rally would actually lay hands on Ilhan Omar to send her anywhere? No. They're law-abiding citizens. They like their freedom too much. But they express themselves, and now they have to be punished. Because you can't hold certain views around here without being shown the hand. That's what this is about. The overlords of the left have decided that you're not allowed to speak out against anyone who's elected to Congress if they're black. If they're a person, I'm sorry, if they're a person of color. Now, I explained how idiotic that was yesterday. But there's even more to this. Um, and I, I liken this to, um, it's the thought police, where not only can you not say certain things you can't even think them anymore you're not free to think what you want to think so i i want to get to both of these before the end of the show today um first of all gendered language so you know how idiotic it is that uh leanna Wynn, and this was also on my my show sheet for today to talk to you guys about uh leanna Wynn is the asian american woman she's a physician she actually her connection to st louis is interesting she used to volunteer at the planned parenthood that is currently operating without a license here in st louis city uh you know small world she was the newly announced and much vaunted president of planned parenthood taking over after the butcher cecile richards and it turns out that she has just been fired but you might be thinking, because my first thought was, oh, she's been fired because um, Planned Parenthood is experiencing a lot of setbacks in the courts. Mm-mm. You think the thought p- control police, they, they don't care anything about court setbacks. They, abortion is still the law of the land, and they're still going to do as m- many of them as they can. No, it's about controlling language. They got rid of her because she wanted to focus on health care for women, as in STD testing, mammograms, anything having to do with um, helping women get the quote unquote health care that Planned Parenthood quote unquote provides. So she was let go. But it's, it's interesting. And this, this connects up to this whole language police story as well. Um, so Leanna Wynn actually made them angry because they wanted her to say things in public like we offer abortions to men and to women 
And being a physician, she knows that we don't offer abortions to men. Now, if you are a woman and you become a man through transgenderism, whether it's physically or what have you, um, you still have all of the female equipment. You have a uterus so you can get pregnant. So what they do is... um, Maddie, so we have teenagers at home right now. So what you're hearing is me passing over something. The printer is behind me. There's a kid who wants something. (laughs) So she refused to say that men could have babies. So men, uh, if you're a transgendered man, that means you still have a uterus. You can get pregnant. You look like a man, but you have a baby. You've seen the stories of the men doing this. They have a beard. They basically change themselves into a man, except that they still have a uterus. They get pregnant and they give birth as a man. And what she's saying is, that's not a man, that's a woman, because they have a uterus. So I don't have to say that men can have abortions too. If you're pregnant and you're living as a man, I don't have to say a man can have an abortion. And they were like, yes, you do. So when she refused to say that, sometimes she would write an op-ed and she wouldn't run it by the gauntlet of individuals who wanted to make sure she was saying things that they approved of. So the op-ed would appear and they would not like her her tone in the op-ed. So they they couldn't control her mouth. They couldn't control her desire to um, make Planned Parenthood into a women's healthcare organization. They just want to be about abortion. That's their primary reason for existing. And they didn't like the fact that she wanted to turn it into healthcare. And so they let her go. Just in case you're tuning in for the first time ever, just a quick little blurb about Planned Parenthood. They're the largest single destroyer of unborn babies in America. In their 2018 annual report, they had 332,757 abortions they performed. And one third of all the abortions in the U.S. are are performed by Planned Parenthood. And they had a record $1.66 billion in revenue. $558 million of that came from the U.S. taxpayers. Disgusting, I know. So Leanna Wynn is out because she refused to bow down to the thought police, which brings us to the story about the gendered language like manhole. These kinds of statements will be now banned in Berkeley, California. Now they have city codes there. And here are some of the words that that are going away immediately. Chairman, chairwomen, manpower, policemen, policewomen, manhole covers, uh, Maintenance whole will be what they'll call it. Human effort instead of manpower. So they're going to replace all of the words that are in the human, you know, the English nomenclature that have gender tones with gender neutral words. And according to city council member, Berkeley city council member, Rigel Robinson, he's the bill's primary author. He says there's power in language. This is a small move, but it matters. Also, anywhere in the city documents where it refers to he or she, those words will be replaced with they. Having a male-centric municipal code is inaccurate and not reflective of our reality, Robinson said. Women and non-binary individuals are just as entitled to accurate representation. Our laws are for everyone. And that's the kind of thought control that they wanted to exert over Leanna Wynn. And so they fired her when she refused to bow down. And I think it's interesting because she got bit by her own progressive demon. The same thing that she has tried in smaller increments to force down the throats of Americans with abortion 
was just used on her with exacting precision to pry her out of that big fancy job. So, you know, she was making millions of dollars a year as the CEO of Planned Parenthood, as the head. Uh, So, again, I don't feel sorry for her, but that's what happened to her. That that just happened, as, as people say. Now, Netflix has now suffered a dramatic slowdown in subscribers, and obviously they did, they're still growing. They picked up 2.7 million worldwide subscribers for the April to June period, but that's far below the 5 million that they were supposed to have picked up. They forecast themselves picking up 5 million new subscribers. Now, part of it is because, um, well, they have 151.6 million worldwide subscribers, but part of the slowdown they're experiencing is because they've hiked American fees to use Netflix by 13%. So now people are paying $13 a month for what used to cost $8 a month for the same level of service. Now that's not a huge jump, eight to $13, but an extra five bucks a month for something you're barely using or something that you no longer like as much because you're using Amazon streaming, for instance, it means a lot of people are just opting out of it. And also the garbage that they're peddling. They still have 13 reasons up, although they took the graphic scene of the actual suicide that the whole series is is based upon out of season one. They cut that out of the, the first episode. But what they haven't cut out are the sodomies, rapes, and other instances of child abuse. Um, you know, just graphic scenes. They left all that stuff in. And this, again, this is geared towards 13 or 11 to 13 year olds or something like that. Like little, little tweenagers, as they're called. Now, the price increases are something. The... 13 Reasons campaign is something, but there's also, there are huge loss in subscribers. And, you know, we don't have raw numbers on this because Netflix is never going to admit that something that they did has caused them to lose subscribers. But remember, they joined the ACLU in a lawsuit against the state of Georgia over their pro-life law, their heartbeat bill. Netflix actually came out in public and Instead of thinking we have subscribers on all over the political spectrum, we should stay out of this. They came out on the side of abortion on demand. And so I think that is part of the drop as well. Because I know for me, if we hadn't already quit over other things they'd done, we definitely would have dropped them over this. We actually let them go with that whole Barack Obama and uh, who, who all is it? It's Barack and Michelle Obama. And then they have Susan Rice on the board. We were like, no, thank you, but no. And we dropped them. If you're still using Netflix, just give it a second look. Give it a second thought. All right, that's the show for today. God bless you from the heartland. Righteously American. See you tomorrow.